for you I'm empty handing and I'm feeling blue And I'm gonna dream till the day that I die Shut Hey, welcome to the show. Hello and good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you are. Uh, it's your friends, Domestic Pints Only, a podcast about beer and friendship. Uh, my name is John. Joining me as always is Tom. Hey, how's it going today? And Alex. Hello. All right. So um, we've got a pretty fun lineup today. Um, we, first of all, of course, we always appreciate you listening in. Um, let's just get into it. We're talking about three beers today. Do you guys, Let's just say it out loud. What are the beers? The first one is... Rainier. Rainier. The second one is Lone Star. And the third one is Miller Genuine Draft, or also known as MGD. Uh, anything you guys want to mention before we just get to them? Um, how was, how was I, uh, I really wanted to have this week um, for Texas beers. I love Texas beers. Um, these are just like very good, very well-priced domestic lagers. So very keen to do this. Also, a shout out to the fact that uh, if anyone knows me as an individual, they'll realize that um, I don't like Edmonton. But guess what? I'm here today. I'm in person with Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's safe social distance. Yes, we it's, are. We are. Di- <laughs> we are distance. <laughs> it's but, our uh, first um, like together episode. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not there, but like it's our first episode with some. You'll get there. Yeah. 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 Eventually, I'll fly over and we'll do like a full full-fledged DPO altogether. Um, it's also interesting because these are all pretty old beers. I think MGD is the newest one out of these, and this is like from the 80s. So a lot of these beers yeah. have been around for, for pretty much our entire lifetimes and, and even like my, most of our parents' lifetimes. So uh, yeah, it's, I'm excited. All right. Um, you guys ready Why to go? We... And get... Yeah. Let's just get into it. Okay. Um, so first beer up is Rainier. And who's Rainier? Which one? That would be me. So let's talk right. to... Let... Let's just go through the can. Then I'll talk about the beer as we're having the beer. Sounds good. Um, yeah, Rainier. The slogan is Mountain Fresh. Very simple can. Red, white, and gold. It looks very patriotic. A number of stars on the can. There really isn't that much here. Like, I'm not going to lie, but um, it does say naturally brewed Mountain Fresh taste since 1878. It is a very historic beer. It's been around for a very long time, um, but now it is is really become uh, kind of the uh, bargain bin discount lager. Yeah, like and uh, it looks exactly like the BC um, era lager, and like um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice looking can. I I was the one who distributed these cans, so if you see the fact that it says eight pack on top, that's only because I bought an eight pack. If you bought a fifteen pack or a twenty four pack, that wouldn't be there, but. Um, yeah, I'll leave it to you guys. I, I like I'm very partial to this can. I know it's super basic and very simple, but uh, I, I just like like that, to be honest. So, um, Tom, what do you think? I'm not going to lie. This can kind of reminds me. I don't know if any for people who smoke cigarettes. This reminds me of the Rothman's brand cigarettes with the giant R. And then it just says Rainier. It has the, the silhouette of the mountains. It says Mountain Fresh on it. And it's naturally brewed. And it's got what a bunch of, it's gold and red, really, in a white background. So it, it kind of has, like, like I think this is, like, very partial to BC people. Like, in eastern BC, more mm-hmm. or less, I would say. 
but like it's kind of plain like i'd almost res- like re- mistake this for almost like something you would see at like a dollarama for like an off-brand soda no that's fair i like i i agree like i just like you don't really know what you're getting when you see this beer. yeah it's just kind of like oh this is almost i would almost say that this is like a lakeport label yeah fair enough john what do you think about it it's a very classic can. Like I know like the logo is pretty iconic on it. It's got this big classic kind of swoopy looking R. I mean, if you're looking on social media, you'll see what we're talking about. But um, yeah, I think there's not a lot, there's not a lot going on. There's this, uh, both the top of the can, the bottom have this kind of border with a bunch of stars. I, I was trying to see if there's any significance to them. Cause I think there's about 25 stars total on here, but uh, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. It does, it does say since 1878 mountain fresh. Um, otherwise I'm not really that wowed by it. Like it's a, I find a lot of the classic can styles, tend to be pretty kind of basic um the color on it, it it's pretty interchangeable with a lot of other beers uh color scheme wise um yeah otherwise i'm not i'm not super enthused by it what, what do you guys think well i'm gonna i'm gonna kick things off right off the bat i just want to say i apologize team rainier i love your beer <laughs> don't love your can i'm giving it a 6.5 I, oh, I what i really don't i'm not wowed by it but I, I love the beer. I just, yeah, I, there's not much going on here. What do you think, Tom? I think, I thought you were going to give it a little higher than that. Like, I thought you were going to go like a seven at least. That's why I was going to come in at a 6.5. Because I think, I agree with you. Like, it's not nothing special, but I, I think it's it's still to the point. It's very, like, bold in the sense that, like, it's kind of just like, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Take it or leave it. So I want to say I, I respect him for that, but I want to give it a six point five. John, what do you think? Yeah, honestly, I just I'm not um, I'm not super enthused by this beer uh, can. I, I think it's I think it's okay. Like I, I do like some of the little touches on it. I think just kind of the overall historical touches they've kept on it are cool. Um, but otherwise, I'm just going to give it a six. Um, it's not really. Oh. yeah, I'm not really that big on it's it. It's got to go just under us. Yeah. Yeah, just had to go one one little bit. Had to had to prices rate you guys. <laughs> Off stuff. Well, why don't we why don't we crack it open? Then we'll get into history here. So um, oh, I'll, I'll count a, I'll count us down in uh, three, two, one. Shout out to the ASMR audience. Crack them. Oh, that sounded really good. Mm-hmm. And again, this is by by the Stroh Brewery that makes PBR. They have that fucking pop in the can. I agree. Let's see how it pours. Pours uh, pretty clear, um, a little bit of carbonation, but it seems like it's probably going to dissipate within like a minute or two. Um, yeah, it's already dissipating. Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty clear. Um, yeah, pretty light. Very, very carbonated, light color. Um, yeah, yeah. Before we taste, why don't I just talk about some of the history of the beer here? Um, sure. The Rainier was, uh, wow. it was founded in 1884. Super high carbonation, sorry. No, all good. So founded in 1884, but it's from Seattle, and that site in Seattle has been brewing since 1878, hence the 1878 on the can. Um, it's no longer brewed in Seattle or locally. It was sold to Strohs, which is kind of the past Blue Ribbon-esque company that produces a lot of beer that ship nationally. Exactly, and... Uh, so the brewery was closed in Seattle in 1999 and then sold. Um, but it's, it's just a, it's a huge fixture with a ton of history. It's got a, a giant R in the logo. You can see that from a mile away, even bigger than like a Rickards or anything else in their logo. Um, 
I will say, like, I, I encourage people to look up the history of this beer. It's a great, it's, there, there's a lot um, to uncover there, but maybe I can just get into the pulp, uh, the pop culture piece just because it is kind of cool. So, um, in the 1986 film Stand By Me, Kiefer Sutherland, oh, wow. who played Ace Merrill and his friends drink Rainier beer while they're playing mailbox baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in the Classic. 2008 film Twilight, which was set in Forks, Washington. Rainier Beers appears prominent in several scenes. It's referred to as vitamin R. And like we know vitamin P is being Pilsner. Vitamin nice. R is the Rainier. Oh, that wow. was uh, Bella's dad was drinking it, I think. Um, shout, out to not- Bella. Charlie- shout out to Charlie Swan. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Char- Charlie a Swan true, was A true Dilf. In, in subsequent films, not just one. He was like, mm. like we have the Rainier throughout. He's just a great, um, he's a great dad in that movie. He's just, his daughter is getting caught up in this vampire drama and he's just drinking beer. Like, why is my daughter depressed? That's basically his whole character arc. In case you guys want to know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, I want to keep things quick because I do want to talk about the beer. Two very interesting things. The one that led me to this beer is Walt Longmire in, in uh, the uh, show um, Longmire. He exclusively drinks Rainier. Wow. Like, and he's just seen, like, drinking it throughout. He's, like, dealing with all this crime, whatever. Um, but uh, at the local bars, at the house, he was just, like, he was a Rainier guy through and through, mentioned it several times. And then he actually says, like, when he's explaining empty cans, every man who's ever had a beer with me will know the same thing. I drink Rainier, always have, always will. Um, so, uh, yeah, very, uh, very keen. That it's been, like, out in a popular Netflix show. And then... The other weird fact, so in 2004, a black bear received substantial national media attention for having consumed a 36-pack of Rainier beer in uh, camping in Baker Lake, Washington. Was the so bear okay? Yeah, I guess the bear was fine, but um, after gaining access to a cooler, he drank all the Rainiers and did not open a single can of Bush. Wow. So, so had forsaken yeah so it had 36 cans of rainier but no bush and um it definitely had a preference so <laughs> interesting to see but uh, he roared vitamin p in bear language she was like in whatever yeah. bear noise so <laughs> but what do you guys think like you've uh, you've had a couple of sips i kind of talked through the beer how are things going hmm. um i think it's i think it's pretty tasty like it, it, it reminds me um kind of the history side it kind of reminds me of um you know, what, what vitamin P is to say Saskatchewan, like this is to like the, the Washington kind of area and Seattle. Yeah, like it seems like it's, it's a very, it's a very Western beer. Yeah. And like lucky it was to California. Like it's very, there's like the people who grew up in that area that, it, you know, historically was brewed in have a lot of passion for it, but the beer itself is kind of, is kind of plain. Um, it's kind of like a typical, um, I guess would we describe this as like a, a lager. It's kind of got like a bit of a corniness to it. It's very light. I mean, mine is, um, I think it's a 10 IDU. Um, my can says 5%, but I noted when I was looking up uh, Rainier, a lot of the cans perhaps from the United States are actually different um, ABV. So depending on where you're located um, for the beers we're talking about today, the percentage wise of the alcohol might be a little bit different, but um, I saw some pictures that show like 4.7 or 4.8. Yeah, my, mine's five. So maybe they just rounded yeah. up. <laughs> All of those are five, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I mean it's a very light beer. I think the one thing that this beer has going for it, uh, well, I guess two things. One is cost is incredibly inexpensive. You're paying less than eleven dollars for an eight pack. Um, and the other thing is for a five percent beer, it tastes like a light beer. 
I'm very surprised like, by that. Yeah, every taste, but um, I find it has like a bit of a bitterness though at the um, end. For I, I feel like it's kind of sweet. Like it's got like a it's got like a butter butteriness. Like it, it has like this very corny, you know, kind of like corny yeah, syrup. It has a very buttercorn taste. Not much scent to it. Um, it feels very light in, in the palate when you're drinking it. Otherwise, um, I should also note. Um, for those of you on social media, on, on Untapped, or if you're one of the snobs on Beer Advocate, it's um, it's got a 2.75 on Beer Advocate, which is uh, ranked a 65 poor score, and a 2.97 on Untapped. So, um, some some of the beer snobs aren't super high on this one. Yeah, and I will say, um, I'm not sure about yours and your end, John, but being with Tom, like we still have a ton of carbonation coming out of this beer. Yeah, like I was looking at, I was just looking at Alex's glass, and I'm like, this thing is still bubbling. Oh, is it? Like, minus, like, mine is fair now. Yeah, it's a little bit of bubbles. Yeah, I have to say that this is very charged. And I kind of like that, though. And like, I think that reflects on taste as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A highly carbonated beer is a great beer. All right. So what are we going to pick for um, taste-wise? Um, do you guys want to <laughs> kick it off? Alex, dude, would you like to take, take it off or do you yeah. want to wait for us? You know what? I, I'll kick it off. I'm giving it a 7.5. Okay. Whoa. I, think, I think this is an underdog in this category. I think this is a six-star beer and it's punching above its weight. That's how I would describe it. Wow. I'd give it a 6 out of 10 in terms of, like, if everyone in the world thought, like, hey, I'm going to rate this on, unta- uh, on Untapped as a 2.75 or whatever, like, this is a low-end beer that's punching above its weight. I'm really surprised you gave it that. I thought you were going to score a lot higher. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'd like to, but I have to recognize everything else that we've drank and stuff as well. So that, that's where I stand. I'm going to give this a seven because I think that this is a very modest beer in a sense that I don't want to say that in any negative way. I think people should try this, and I think you'll be really surprised in the sense of how it tastes. And for price point, Again, I'm going to bring this up probably throughout this whole fucking episode. But, like, this is, again, like Alex said, like, a very inexpensive beer. I think this is, like, reasonably budget, and people can definitely drink this often. And this is, like, for the lightness in the taste, this is an excellent summer beer. If you're, like, outside in the sun having a couple of these, like, you're not going to regret it. Like, you're not having this, like, overly powerful, like, intensely, like, palate, uh, palate driven beers like this is just a cool easy smooth drinking beer that's how i describe it john where, where do you land on this um i'm a little bit torn like i, I think um this beer you know taste wise it's pretty plain to, gotta be honest but I, I do like that you know it has kind of the profile of a light beer but it's, it is like a regular kind of five percent domestic that's I, I do kind of consider that a plus like um i don't really feel you know you could drink a lot of this and i think you know if you're in a hot day you know you had a nice cold cooler um this would hit pretty good and um and, and there's kind of not much taste to it i think this is really like a beer that's that would be really well suited for like if you're going to be outside in a hot day or just drinking a lot of beer uh, you know you're consuming a lot it reminds me of uh, when we did the episode talking about um you know, the Natty Light and those type of beers. Like it kind oh, of fits great. well into that uh, kind of sphere. Um, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a 6.5. It, it's actually quite good. And I, it kind of surprised really? me in that it wasn't, I was expecting like this really kind of um, unflavorable. I wouldn't say it's totally unflavorable, but I was expecting something a little bit more bitter and, and a little bit harsher, but otherwise it's quite sweet and it's, it's quite, um, it's quite nice and it doesn't really smell that offensive. And um, yeah, I like it. I'm going to give it a 6.5. 
Nice. Um, I think that's a good happy medium to all of us, but I, I wanted to touch on, I feel like this is like a camping beer. Yeah. This is what you take yes. out camping with you. This would be prime price point, taste, alcohol percentage, all fits in for just sitting around a bonfire, drinking beer, or if you want to go fishing or go to the lake, this is the beer you want to drink with you. This is perfect for that outside woodsy kind of beer. That, all day. That tastes great. It's an all day beer. It is the everyman's beer. I have to say like, and we've, we've experienced a lot of these in the bargain bin episodes and stuff, but like this is an everyman's beer, a, a 20 pack or sorry, a 15 pack is no more than $21 regular price, not even on sale here in Alberta. So it, uh, Definitely has a value for dollar. And I know there's similar brands in Eastern Canada, but um, yeah, John, you have to admit like this is, this is one of those ones where like, if you were just going out for like an evening to like a party or something and you wanted to bring a lot of beers and, and like have a good time and feel good. Like this is the type of beer you bring. Yeah. And actually that I'm going to just going to kick it off with a recommendation. I would actually, I'm actually going to give it an eight, uh, basically for one of those reasons. Like, I think this is a beer that could be pretty much recommended to like anyone. Um, you know, you know, there might be some beer snobs who might be a little stuffy about it, but otherwise, like, I think a mass audience would probably drink this beer and find it pretty tasty or they'd find it pretty non-offensive. Um, and, and I think that kind of factors into it, like, uh, quality wise, it does punch a little bit above its weight in terms of like the ABV. So you, you're getting a little bit of bang for your buck there. And it's, and as you said, it's very kind of affordable in that sense. It's not, um, it's not breaking the bank there. And um, yeah, I think for that reason, I'm going to give it an eight for recommendation. Nice. Tom, what do you think? For taste, I'm going to give this. Um, sorry, for recommendation. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah. For recommendation, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7.5. Because I think this is like the this is like the average person. This is fucking the Joe Jim kind of deal. I think this is middle class, fancy, and neat dad. Mm-hmm. I think I'm surprised that most more like suburban white people don't drink this because this like fits their profile. I think it depends it's on location, to be honest. I think maybe in the states yeah, you can get the here, here in Ontario, you can't really find it. It's quite a it's quite a challenge. But I don't. I I get this is like a Western beer, but I I'm I hope that they kind of like branch out more to like Eastern Canada because I think everyone would love like would like this at least like as a more viable option and more financially stable kind of price point. So yeah, like I give it point five. It'd be good to climb Mount Rainier and drink Rainier. On Rainier. I agree. I agree. Yeah. John, fresh. John, I agree with you. I'm giving this an eight. I feel like there are some beer snobs that might say this is watery, but I don't think you're you're going to be like, uh, no one's going to regret you recommending this beer or at least trying it. Like it, It's an excellent beer. Um, I have a bunch of friends that are kind of beer snobs in that category, and they've had this, and they don't mind it. So, I, yeah, I give this an eight. Awesome, awesome. And on that note, I'm going to give it the modifier. I just feel like I did oh. rate things lower on the front end, and this beer is uh, is doing more than I thought. I'm actually not going to give it the modifier. I think I, I rated this pretty fairly, and I feel like um, I feel like this is my my grading was sequential, and it was very 
I was going to say it's very honest in that sense. So oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, what do you think, John? Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it um, a sim. I'm not gonna give it a modifier. I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like I do like it, but there's nothing really here that's really wowing me. It's not, um, um, you know, nothing that I saw like with the design of the can. Kind of, you know. I mean, I do. I would say I, I really like that. It's a very historic beer. It's an old beer, and the next beer we're gonna talk about is very much in the same boat. I like a lot of the history behind the beer. Um, but yeah. otherwise, like, I, I, there's nothing with it that wants me to really give it the modifier, to be honest. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just going to leave it without. Fair enough. Okay, then. So um, <laughs> we're going to get into the second beer right now, if you don't mind. We're going to get into Lone Star, the Texas beer. So I'm um, looking at this can. I think this came from like Trader Joe's in the U.S. I love Trader Joe's. Shout out to Trader Joe's. Sponsor our podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. Like I, I like the red, the white. Again, this is like rainier colors. Like this is very familiar. And they even put um, both bilingual English and French labels around the lip for the National Beer of Texas. And they also put in a bilingual set. I also want to touch on this can. As I like to always say, contains barley. <laughs> and again, like this comes from the straw brewery along with fucking Rainier. But like this is like known as like the national beer of Texas. And like and described by drink and culture website as way more than just a refreshing brew with a snappy slogan. And um, this comes from the entire source from like Lone Star Beer Facts that every beer lover should know, quoted in 2016. Lone Star Beer has been around since like 1883. Like this is like fucking um, uh, frontier days kind of stuff. Yeah. And have been around for many influential and devastating times in history. But these events helped craft and create the beer. And I think it branded and it. it branded in such a way that it's still enjoyed today. Formed by Adolphus Bush in 1883. I want to know if Adolphus was the same guy that, that partnered with um, Amhauser Bush. Because that's what I think of when then. But in 1904, it outgrew the old building and reopened in 1933 after Prohibition, the whole beer strike bullshit. But And then it was known as the Champions Brewing Company until 1940, later rebranded as Low Star Brewing Company. In 1999, Paps took over the brewing company, and that's what it's done today. As through the Stroh Brewery, which is pretty much just the Sleeman for Hall of Canada. It had um, a 69 on Beer Advocate, which is kind of little, it's like halfway mark for beer advocate, but it had a 2.88 on untapped. Sorry, I kind of went through four history. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. You were very um, you were very descriptive. I, I, I find before we started the podcast. One thing I wanted to say, which is kind of funny, is all these beers are from like the 1880s. Yeah, like, it's like Adolphus Jr. Thompson. Yeah. Are these guys <laughs> Parking their horse and then like dropping their musket and then Definitely. being like, I'll take Lone Star, please. Like, and it's all, and then once again, Aldolphus Bush, the guy who founded Bush. So it's like everyone is connected, you know, it's 
the if you ever watched the it's always sunny it's like the pepe silva pepe silva he's connecting all the dots <laughs> together it's uh, <laughs> um yeah what do you guys think of the can um just think of a grease fire uh, and you'll start shooting i, I gotta say like, like i, I, I I want to say for can, I want to kick things off. I think this is kind of plain, but at least it has yeah. like color to it. I rated the Rainier can like a 6.5. I want to give this a seven because I think there's more to it. It does seem kind of generic in that sense, but yeah. it does hold true to it. It's a 4.9%, but it has like a lot of stuff. Like they say, like this is the Texas beer, this is the national beer of Texas. Yeah. So I want to give it a seven. Alex, what do you think? 7.5 for me. I'm just so patriotic towards the U.S. And this just, this looks like an American can. You got the little, you have the state, um, the state outlined in the corner. Uh, yeah, the that's really Texas. nice. You have this broad shield and you have the giant star, like, I, and, and the gold lines, everything. Like, I feel like this can, well, basic has a lot of, um, has a lot going for it. It's like very patriotic. So 7.5 for me. Not even an American citizen. 7.5 for me. Uh, I'm going to go a bit lower. Um, I, I actually like a lot of the touches the can. can. Like I like kind of the crest and kind of some of the angle design. Um, I like that it has like the since 1884 with the Texas state um, kind of icon on it in the shape of the, the state. It's got on the top border, the national beer of Texas. It's obviously very patriotic. Uh, but not a whole lot of extra details here. It's a it's a massively mass-produced beer. So a lot of these like big domestic produced beers, um, as we kind of alluded to in past episodes, it almost feels like this was clearly some kind of online design template, just like kind of shoved together. So it's a lot of very similar elements that you'd see on a lot of other cans, like uh, all the Stro Canada or for us or Stro if you're in America, like that type of design would be very similar on like PBR. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I'm not very high on the color. It doesn't even seem to really match like the, the, the state flag color. Like I know it's supposed to be like, true. Um, I agree. Like Texas that. is red, white, and blue, sort of the same colors as American, uh, you know, as, as a country. Um, but I'm not really a big fan of this color. It's just very, it's very ugly looking. And I find like, it doesn't stand out super well. I mean, if you're from Texas, maybe you're like, I've seen this can my whole life. Like I've grown up in this beer, you know, our first episodes, we started with like Molson Canadian blue and we were just like gushing with all about the nostalgia. There's probably some kid in Texas or someone in Texas who's just like, this was the beer that my dad drank growing up. And he's just like thinking about yeah. how like, we're our viewership is now great. <laughs> I have some family in Texas. So if you're listening, uh, nice to nice to hear. I uh, hope you're enjoying. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I'm not like really a big fan of this can. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah, I do like the touches. If there was, if that wasn't there, it would probably be lower. But I'll give it a six. Let's crack it. All oh, right. Oh, this is your beer. All right. Let's crack them down in three. Oh, sorry. Shout out to the ASMRs. Yeah, I ASMR again. Twice for me. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about it after the episode. But um, three, two. One crack them. I don't know what it is with the Stroll Brewery, but they have excellent design and can opening. Yeah, there's never any challenges there opening. I would say this one so far looks a little bit slightly more clear than the Rainier. It is, I should note, um, in terms of uh, it's the same IBU, so it's a 10. Rainier is a 10 as well, but this one is a 4.9, so it's just a hair below uh, Rainier. But again, if you're American, the ABV might be a little bit different, so a little, little bit of a head. I have a little, not so much carbonation though. Yeah, my carbonation is lower, but I had quite a head on it. I have a, an extreme head. Okay, 
I just gotta say, like this beer. I mean, this is a Texas beer. It's iconic. This beer is like all over like pop culture. I mean, for one, I'm a huge fan of uh, Joe Bob Briggs. If you ever uh, watch, uh, if you ever watch any of Monster Vision growing up TNT, or if you watch, if you have a Shutter subscription, if you watch uh, Joe Bob Briggs stuff on Shutter, which I'm a big fan of, um, this is like one of the oh, big nice. beers that he drinks. Um, and this has been in a lot of TV shows. I know this was uh, a beer that uh, J.R. Ewing drank on uh, Dallas. Shout out to you, uh, older head. Who shot AR? What's that? It was great. Who, Who shot, shot you? It was Maggie. <laughs> that's Maggie Simpson. <laughs> uh, no, that's just, that was the Simpsons uh, parody version. I don't remember who shot JR. Wasn't it all a dream? Wasn't that the, <laughs> it was the maid that shot JR on Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I think, wasn't it a dream? Like, it turned out it wasn't even real. I mean, my, uh, my, my knowledge of 80s, like, sitcom and, and TVs a bit. Oh, it's Texas. That's for domestic TV, 80s TV only. Um, this was also, um, in King Whoa. of the Hell, they drank Alamo beer, which was very much sort of in the spirit of this beer. Yeah, sort of I was going to say, like, fucking Ken Hill and stuff like that, he fucking definitely would drink this. This beer's been referenced in music, like Charlie Daniels Band referred to this beer. Oh, man. The song Texas, uh, Patsy, yeah. Ed Patsy oh, Bruce. Oh, yeah, um, it's it's been, this, this. I mean, pretty much a lot of, media with it. texas if you want to show someone in texas drinking a beer it's like a lone star beer uh russ cole if you watched uh true detective season one uh he drinks um he drinks this beer and it's and it's seen very many times on that show um okay let's get the taste though um what do you guys think of um mine is a, i i don't know if this is a victim of travel but mine is not really carbonated oh is it tom's looks more carbonated than mine interesting mine's not very carbonated i gotta say it I I, I, I kind of like this a lot better than Rainier. I, I don't know what it is. It's but very tasty. Yeah, I agree. And and I got to say, I think this beer might have a lower score than Rainier. Yeah. What what did I what did we say for um, Untapped? Man, this beer has like a point nine like lower on Untapped. That's that's wrong. This is a tea, I think this is a better beer. I think it's a tastier beer. It's not as sweet, which I kind of like. It, it's got more of like um, kind of just like a plain. I mean, I guess some people might might not like that. It's it feels even more flatter, but for me, it's kind of a plus. Like I don't like a beer that's overly sweet, but I also don't like a beer that's like, you know, just totally. There's no beer taste whatsoever. So this beer does slap. I will I will say that. Like I actually fear, like I enjoy this beer. I prefer the over the rainier because it's not. At, I don't know what it was with me, but I got like a kind of like a slight bitter taste with rainier. And the yeah. Lone Star, I get that. Interesting. Very interesting. Because I find that this beer, uh, there's not much. Well, there's a little. Uh, it, it's got kind of like a corny grassiness to it, which is, I guess, could kind of not not really bitter, but I wouldn't really call it sweet. But um, it's definitely like I find rainy, I found rainier to be way like kind of like a, like a corn syrupy like sweetness to it. Like when it was in my mouth, I'm like, wow, this is quite sweet. This one. <laughs> By contrast, it feels a little like American style, though, Sean. Like the, in U.S. brewing, they use corn syrup predominantly. Yeah. Also, this uh, this this beer did. I don't know if Tom mentioned it, but um, you know, it was actually um, Lone Star, the brewing company. It was actually the Champions Brewing Company until 1940. Yes, I did I like, mention. That. I like how like this beer and Rainier. You know, like these beers were around during the era of prohibition and like for these beers like for this beer too it like closed during prohibition so i i find that kind of interesting that like that whole history of prohibition and how that affected the market at the time like a lot of beers yeah. 
really like struggled then or or they they shuttered and then kind of came back 10 years later or whatever it was it was like nine or eight years is, later yeah it is worth noting that both of these brands developed non-alcoholic products during prohibition and survived or they had prescription beer yeah prescription yeah. I, that's, I always like that i was told one of my friends used to date a girl from germany and she says all alcoholics are prescribed one beer a day really yeah, in, in the country of Germany, that's you're allowed one beer a day if you're an alcoholic. It, well, that, and it's prescribed. That makes sense because if you're an alcoholic, like, um, you know, if you're trying to wean yourself off of alcohol, just going cold turkey can be very traumatic and people can die if they just. Exactly. That's, that's, that's why like, here in Ontario, that's why LCBOs are open because like it, it could affect people in negative ways and they're closed. Like people could actually die if they can't drink. So interesting. It's yeah, a very kind of forward way of of, um, of managing that in public health. Well, it also, I just wanted to touch on for that, like um, in like rehabilitation, like it's the only kind of like, um, like I, I want to say, I always classify alcohol as a different kind of drug, but like as like as a substance, it's the only substance that you people consume like ounces of daily. Yeah. As opposed to like narcotics where you're only like an ounce is a lot yeah. per day. That's true. This is like fucking ounce. You're drinking like kilograms. Yeah, this, I mean, I mean, this beer, like I'm just like reading some of the pop culture stuff. Like um, it's just been on so many, like any, any sort of media that's like referential in Texas or depicts Texas. I mean, it's just like with a lot of media, you want to depict like a certain location. You do like all the stereotypical attire, um, the landscape geography, and you do like what they drink and what they consume. So like if you're in Canada, oh, have a couple of mosses there, eh, bud, or have a Labatt. If you're in uh, Northwest uh, United States, it's a Grainier. If you're in uh, Texas, it's it's Lone Star. And um, yeah, this beer has been on a lot of music. Um, yeah, that, so I, the song I was referring to with Ed and Patsy Bruce is Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. So it references. Oh, man, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what song was that? It was the Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. So where are we at on the scale? Uh, Taste-wise, I'll just kick it off. Why not? I'm going to give it a seven. I, I was actually very surprised. Like, I, I kind of expected, because I was, you know, doing a little bit of research before, this beer kind of felt a little bit a little rainier. But I actually think that I like this beer more. And I, I, I honestly, like, I feel like I can understand. Like, I don't know if, like, I think rainier is sweeter. And I think a lot of people might kind of appreciate that more. But for me, that was actually a little bit of a detriment. Like, I kind of like that this is a bit more scaled back. It just tastes to me more like a beer. It tastes a little bit flatter. Um, but I feel like very much like rainier, if you're out on like a hot day, this would hit pretty good. And it's just a... Sh- a hair bit below it's a 4.9 but very much falls in the same camp um i'll give it a seven i think it's pretty it's a pretty neat pretty straightforward good beer i uh i agree with you john i'm gonna give it a seven as well because i like this a little bit better than right here nice. but i think it's, it's a good tasting and i think this is also in the same buying option as right here I'm coming in at 7-2. I think it's an excellent beer. I think I did get a bad can because mine wasn't overly carbonated, but I, I've had Lone Star a that's lot. A, that's um, a lucky sevens. Yeah, and like, I mean, that, this is like a, it's a staple in my fridge. Really enjoy having it. I have friends over. They don't regret it. Like, it's a, it's a great beer. I'm really glad that we have access to it. And it's worth noting that uh, in Ontario, it's not, uh, 
it's not widely available. Like certain stores in like Kenora might have it, but the LCBO doesn't have it in every store. So, um, and, and I mean, it's well, Kenora is pretty much Manitoba. Yeah. So it's a staple here, but, uh, but not everywhere in Canada. All right, great. Um, so, for, what about for recommendation? How likely are we to recommend the spirit? Oh, Do you guys have any I recommend yet? it at eight point five. Oh, coming in hot. Yeah, I'm coming in strong because I think this is. Um, I think more most pe- more people would like this over Ranger, in my opinion. Yeah, like I am. Um, I'm coming in at an eight, but I do tend to agree with Tom in the sense that, like, this is well, like it balanced. It's well balanced. It, it's it's yeah yes. It's a safe bet, like, and I, I do feel like this is something that I could tell anyone to have, and they would um, enjoy it, and not just be like, "Alex, what the hell are you doing right now?" So. <laughs> what did you recommend me? What is this? Yeah, yeah um, I'm gonna give to- it. I'm actually gonna give it the same score as Rainier. I feel like uh, while the beers aren't totally similar, I do feel like a lot of just kind of um, the way that they're kind of presented, the history the kind of the, the reaction to them from people who you know live in the region they really adopt them as their own um and i think the kind of the way you can consume it like they're both beers that like while they're not the same taste they're kind of the type of beers you, you would drink on a hot summer day outside mowing your lawn or or that type of thing it's not like a beer that you're going to really have at the end of a night or like in a, it's not like a cold weather beer necessarily but um i think in the same way i think this beer is very recommendable much like rainier um, I, I, I do like a lot of the history and kind of that aspect of it. And I think for a lot of people outside of the region of Texas or, or the United States was popular, um, they might be feel, feel, feel very kind of attached to it. And I know like when I was talking, uh, I was talking to my dad recently about the podcast, uh, he recently started following us. So I was like telling him about the beers. Oh, hello, yo, shout, and, out, shout out to Cliff. Yeah. Shout out to Clifford. Cliff, if you're listening, Hey, it's your son. Um, anyway, so we were talking about, um, beers and he's like, Oh, Lone Star beer. Like I was talking about like beers in Ottawa. I'm like talking about, like he was mentioning, um, here in Ottawa, there used to be, um, I think it was called Bradings. There's a brewery just on, um, close to, uh, uh, Booth street, that area, there was a brewery there. And I was like talking to him about, you know, beers that he remembers growing up. And he was like, he referenced Lone Star. That was one of the ones he brought up. So that, this is a kind of a classic beer. Um, even in Canada, this was like one of the few kind of imports that was really popular, um, in Canada. So if, I think an older audience would really remember this beer quite well. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it an eight. It's, it's good. I, 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 I think it's really interesting, even though it, the can wise, it wasn't my thing and taste wise, it was pretty uh, predictable. Um, otherwise I really, I really like the kind of aspect of it. So I'm going to kick this off and give it the modifier, uh, because I've had this on tap in Texas and it tastes better there. I really? flew down to on my way to Mexico once and I, I truly enjoyed like we went to a barbecue joint like we basically had an overnight stay in Houston um, took an Uber I was wearing shorts everyone else is wearing toques and gloves because it was uh, it was three degrees out in Walmart you couldn't even find uh, winter clothing they were just not used to it being that cold and I just popped off the plane thinking it was tropical uh, we stayed out all night at a barbecue joint and had Lone Star it was excellent um and like on tap, when you have something that's a bit more charged, um, very good beer. So modifier mm. for me. Mm. Hey, Tom, what are you giving it? Are you giving the modifier? Oh, yeah. I'm, I think I want to give this the modifier. I didn't give oh, Rainier, wow. but I think this one deserves it. Okay. Interesting. Um, I don't think I'm going to give this one a modifier. I didn't give Rainier one, too. And I think for fairness, otherwise, I'm going to get the entire Northwest region. The, the Cascadia is going to hate me if I just give Lone Star one because it's Texas. But yeah, 
Um, I think it's now cringing. <laughs> um, no, I, I kind of liked Lone Star taste-wise a little bit more, but otherwise I thought they were pretty similar beers. I mean, even like kind of the color. I mean, I think like the Rainier can color, like the R, it's almost the same color as the Lone Star. Like, I do need like um, CSI on the case to check this out, but um, very odd. But otherwise, no modifier for me. Um, I did like them. You're not giving the modifier? No, like I, I did like the beer. I thought it was fine, but um, no, I'm not getting the modifier for me. I'm very picky this Okay, time. I know. Sorry, I guys. respect your decision. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for respecting my decision. <laughs> All right, I'm so you're uh, right, the... John. I'm just respecting your decision. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Um, All right. Last so... beer. Let's cruise into the last beer. This one's yours, John. Cruising. All right. We're cruising. Baby, let's cruise. We're talking about another genuine draft, a.k.a. MGD. Um, got to be honest with you. I got to say, first of all, if you're coming this episode late, um, we talked a lot about the Miller Brewing Company on uh, episode three. We talked a lot about the history of Miller because we were drinking uh, Miller Light. Um, so if you want a lot of the kind of the historical aspect, I'd say Listen to that episode, please. I'm going to plug uh, episode three of this podcast. We talked a lot about it there. Um, I'll get to this in a bit. I wanna... We have the highlights as well. Yeah, and, and yeah, we also did an episode talk about Miller High Life, although I don't think we went too much into history on that side. Um, but it's kind of funny that you brought up the High Life. I'll get into when we crack the beer. Let's just talk about the can. I got to say, I have a tall can on my end. A lot of people, you might have a beer bottle of MGD. I got to say, I think this is another one of those exceptions where I actually like the beer bottle design a little bit more than I do the can. Because on the beer bottle, um, you know, you have a kind of a simple bottle, but you have the same black Miller Genuine Draft bands, that kind of diagonal band. In this case, it goes around the beer. And I kind of really like that on the bottle. I think the bottles look kind of classy. It has kind of a very classy import style as opposed to a lot of typical beers. Like a lot of typical beers here in Ontario or maybe other other regions of the of the country the continent like you have kind of this typical square band that goes around um it's kind of interesting seeing that kind of little um touch on it um otherwise i have a tall can i think every, you guys have cans as well it's a yeah. big tall gold ass can with uh, Miller genuine gold ass. what what do you guys think about the can i like this can i think this is very recognizable it like you said like for the bottle it like really represents it pretty well because I think the gold represents the color of the actual beer. Mm-hmm. And then like the label, that's pretty much what goes over it. As like as like a bottle, it just kind of just that's all it is. But I remember, I don't remember seeing the eagle on the top of the crest. I used to remember seeing like um the world industries, like the skateboard company did like a parody of this for one of their skateboards and they put a yeah. drag instead. Oh, really? I'm a big fan of the eagle. Like I said earlier, Patriot, I feel like this is just like the type of beer that uh, like a former U.S. president would drink. And uh, <laughs> oh, the last president one, he doesn't drink. Before. Trump famously doesn't drink, so it wouldn't be him. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, George W. Bush doesn't drink either or didn't drink, so. Oh, well, Stupid he used to, I think. Yeah. yeah, he used to just do cocaine. <laughs> he crashed his car uh, high on cocaine, folks. Um, I'm going to tell you, I, I kind of like this can. I kind of see this big. Like you have a kind of a red bullseye in the middle of this, um, super recognizable. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. I like the can. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna give it an. I want. I think I'm gonna give it an eight as well because it's very simple, but it's easily recognizable. I think the logo really goes hand in hand with this. 
And um, yeah, that's pretty much my reasoning for giving it an eight because I think this is very, I think it's a stuff about the generic. Um, I was leaning towards 7.5 myself, but I think I'm going to give it an eight too. I think um, I do prefer the bottle, but this can is actually quite interesting. Like it, it, I like the color first and foremost. It reminds me of, um, it's kind of reminds me of Banquet, of course, Banquet, but it's a little bit more gold. Like this is a very much a gold, gold can. Um, it's got the same band around it. I really like the Miller Genuine Draft logo. I think it's a very classy looking logo. Um, I think the can has a little bit more going on than say uh, Miller High Life. Um, I do like the Miller Light can. I, I would say this is very much on the same tier, maybe a little bit higher than Miller Light. I love the Miller Light can. Um, and it's, and I like it. It's got the, I, I'm always a big sucker when they have like the, the signature, the historical elements. So it's got like four times filtered for exceptional smoothness uh, signed by Frederick Miller. I don't know if that's like uh, a current executive at Miller or if that's like a, a Frederick Miller from the past. I didn't look into the history that much. I feel like it's got to be like a John Molson where it's like the, the first person or whatever. Yeah, it's funny. It says Miller Brewing Company existed since 1855. However, this beer is actually a little bit newer. Sorry, I cut you off the top. Oh my God. I can't believe this can also says contains barley. Hey, barley heads, where are you at? <laughs> barley intolerant people, where are you at? I want to I know a barley intolerant person just because I'm like, you know, you're the reason why this is on cans of beer. Just so you know. <laughs> I want to give a little descriptor. This has a, it's a 12 IB. It's a little bit higher. It's a 4.7 ABV. So it's a little bit lower than the others. Um, this has a 3.6 on untapped. Um, so it's a little marginally higher on untapped. However, on Beer Advocate, it's actually a little bit lower. It's a 2.27, which uh, averages out to a 55 awful on Beer Advocate. So the Beer Advocate community, uh, not very high on this one. Very interesting contrast. I mean, that's not uncommon. I find the Beer Advocate community tends to be more like highbrow, the writing long posts, no, I mean, similar format. And Untapped is like some kid who's just like five out of five or like zero to five. I don't like, like it. Yeah, yeah. And I know craft brewers like tend to be really upset with Untapped because like there'll be some people who will just drink like a, I don't know, let's just say like a, a French French toast crunch stout, and they're just like, uh, gross, zero to five. And they're like, that doesn't mean you, the beer is bad. It just means yeah. you don't like it. That could affect them. So, um, yeah, interesting there. Um, you know, you want top people are fucking degrading. <laughs> on that note, I actually am on the tapped. Uh, I don't know if you can follow me. You know what? Johnny Cakes on Untapped. Um, I'm going to start plugging some stuff Cakes on 91? there. Maybe uh, so that's my usual go-to. Um, I, so I'm on tap. So maybe um, I don't know how you can search people on tap, but I'm going to be recording my own beers. And I, I I wrote my bio. I put like the podcast links and stuff. So if you find me on there, add me. Um, it would be great to connect with people who are on that community who you know watch the, listen to the podcast. That'd be great, and I would love to communicate with you and let you know what I'm drinking. I tend to just not really push stuff there, but. Um, I'm probably just not really going to put detailed reviews on there for the sake of, you know, listening to the podcast. Um, but I'll probably just say like it slaps or it doesn't slap. So I'll let you know. Uh, hey, let's <laughs> right, crack them. All right, guys. Uh, ASMR community, pay attention, please. It's uh, your time to shine. All right, everyone. On the count of, uh, all right, five, four, four three, three, two, two one. one. Crack them. Good crack. Mm. 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 Now, as I alluded to before, episode three, um, we talked a lot about Miller on and, and the history of Miller on the uh, Miller Lane episode. We also talked a little bit on the High Life. Um, it's really brought up High Life because this beer actually used to be called Miller High Life Genuine Draft. This is actually, I mean, it's an older beer by our standards, but by, you know, the, the standards of Miller and like under the, 
what is it, Miller and Molson Coors now? Or what? What is Miller Molson yeah, it's Coors? Miller Coors. It's yeah, Miller yeah, so. Coors in the U.S. It's Molson Coors in Canada. Yeah, so Miller, this beer is actually was was created in, in 1985. So you know, um, if you're coming from the 80s, you drink a lot of beer then. That was kind of a new new beer, and I think it was kind of part of that kind of trend of. You know, in the 60s, 70s, you had a lot of really classic, iconic domestic beers. And then in the 80s and 90s, you saw a lot of these classic domestic beers start to introduce kind of different variations. You saw like Miller Genuine Draft come up. You saw like Molson Dry, Shadow, because I'm wearing the shirt, Labatt Dry. You saw a lot of kind of beers, major players experimenting. And that's really when the kind of the craft scene kind of really started to kind of come of its own in the kind of the modern context. I mean, people have been, you know, making their own beers at home for, you know, generations. My dad himself used to make his own beer. Uh, but kind of the way that we kind of see the modern craft scene, it really came out of like the 80s and 90s when they were starting to really um, produce these beers. Now, I, I, I will get back to history in a second, but let's talk about the beer itself. Mine has a little bit of a head that's staying. It's got a very similar color to the other beers we drank. Um, not much carbonation now. What, what's what's up with you guys? What what are your beers look like? I was going to say I was going to agree with you, John. Like carb, say like the head wasn't great, great, but like if I were to pour this into another glass, if I grew this myself for hops, this would be like a very foamy beer, I think. And it's yeah. a really high body and pretty much like I remember coming at night and trying to pass by the, the brewery just, just so I can buy some because they sell it only in four packs, but I kind of wanted just more than just a four pack. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? I like it. I'm not going to lie. It looks, uh, it looks quite uh, transparent, very yellow, um, carbonated, had a sip. It was excellent. Um, it tastes very light relative to kind of where I know it, it is under 5%. It comes in at 4.7, but uh, I like it. It's uh, it's very tasty. I thought it was going to be a little lighter, not going to lie, for a 4.7. Cause that's like Corona territory. For sure. But even like a Miller Light comes in at like a full body beer at 4%. Miller, Miller Light comes at 3%. Or sorry, 90%. Mm. Or if you're looking at your beer can. It'd be like pretty much 30. It definitely has a different flavor profile. I mean, I think all these beers have their own uniqueness, but obviously, but I think this one, even compared to like Rainier and Lone Star, has a little bit of a difference. It, it feels a little bit more rich and has a kind of like a fruity, lemony Like, I don't even feel like lemony isn't a word, like a lemon zest kind of element. Like, when I drank this, like when I drank Lone Star and Rainier, I kind of got a similar kind of profile in it out. It felt very flat, very corn, corn syrupy, very weedy. This one, by contrast, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of kind of fruitiness, um, not overtly, like it kind of it really went away. And now I'm kind of just getting kind of like a, a bread kind of taste. Um, otherwise, like I just want to give if you're actually looking to the history of the spears on your own. Um, but what's pretty cool is that Miller Genuine Draft has their own website. They have a little blurb. They talk about kind of uh, this beer and kind of Miller in general. They say uh, a little over 160 years ago, 30-year-old uh, Frederick Miller bought the Plank Road Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Having recently arrived from Germany, he and his wife carried with them a bag full of very special yeast and a dream of making it big in the brewing industry. The rest, as they say, is history. A lot of water was passed through the Miller Valley since then, but there, but it's there that in 1985, uh, we first brewed Miller Genuine Draft. Now, what's interesting about this beer is that it's actually cold filtered, not pasteurized. Um, yeah, 
you might be like, what does that mean? So pasteurized means like, you know, they heat them up, they're, they're destroying them by kind of the microbes and, and bacteria there. Um, by contrast, cold filtered is you're actually cooling the beer so that, you know, the protein, the molecules in the beer clump together, and that way you can kind of extract them easily. So it's actually, it's the same recipe as Miller High Life. It's just kind of, um, the beer itself is kind of um, treated differently. Um, otherwise, um, just a couple of notes before we just get into our ranking for, for, for taste. Um, um, this beer in 1999, the World Beer Cup, it won the gold medal in American style premium lager category. And in 2003, at the Great American Beer Festival, won the silver medal. I don't even know what that means, but pretty great. Um, market share wise, I found some notes that um, in 2007, um, this had like a 1.5% of the US market. It's actually declined uh, as of 2012. I don't know what it is as of 2020, um, but it's actually dropped down to 0.7 percent in 2012 so this beer's kind of been decline and it's kind of interesting because i know in canada i think we talked about this on an earlier episode i didn't know much about miller until kind of recent years where like miller you know light was introduced here in canada miller high life as well and miller genuine draft there's a lot of advertising in kind of the late 2000s and in recent years to really hype up this beer and you know this beer has like a following but not so much here in canada i feel like it's a little bit kind of on the wayside but anyways i'm kind of getting away from taste what do you what do you guys gonna give it taste wise? Um, you know what? I'm gonna give this one a 7.5. Really like it. I think it's great. Um, I definitely would like buy it if I see it in the store. It, like the only thing I would say um is yeah, is is a higher cost beer um compared to some of the ones that we've had today, and it kind of has a similar taste. So I think that's that. That's kind of what it has going against it, but I, I do think like it, it's it's delicious. Like I would I would definitely have it again. Definitely, John. For like taste wise, that's what we're marking. I want yeah. to give this an eight because I think this is wow. very standard for taste. Um, I'm going to give it a yeah. I'm going to give it a six to be honest. I I think it reminds me a lot of Rainier. Like it's very sweet um, as a yeah. star. Um, I'm not super wowed by it. I, I also wasn't super wowed by Miller High Life, but if you listen, I did like Miller Lite. So I don't know what it is. Miller Lite for some reason, like really hits good for me. I don't know if it's just beer. It has a more body taste than this kind of generic lager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a six. I do think it's 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 okay. Like I, I kind of like it. Um, I, I do kind of. I feel like it's a little bit more full body than the other beers and. It, it kind of compares well to say like a, your typical Molson Canadian. If you're, if you're Canadian, it kind of falls into that, ca that camp. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Nice. I guess in terms of recommendation, I'm going to give this one six because it honestly is the cost thing I mentioned before is just like, I'd rather recommend my friends try beers that are like things kind of outside of the normal. Um, if people are going to spend 30 bucks on a 12 pack for this, like, I mean, it's a generic beer and I, it tastes okay, but there's better options, I would say. So I'm, uh, I'm coming in low on this one. Tom, what do you think? Recommendation. One guy's already going to try it. Pardon? I said, I already just want to give it that because I know one guy I work with has already tried like this brewery and yeah. like, everything. And he's like, he loved it. And he was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to get a membership. And then he like, whatever. So security is kind of like overpriced. <laughs> um, yeah um where are we sitting on recommendation Tom? 
out the yeah, series. Yeah, recommendation. Conflicted. <laughs> Sorry, I got a really <laughs> off topic there. <laughs> For recommendation. <laughs> John, recommendation. recommendation for Miller Genuine Draft. I'm going to give it an 8.5. <laughs> Wait, Alex, what did you give it? I, I was, wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. A 6? Or 6.5. I feel really embarrassed. Huh? <laughs> it's no, fine. it's okay. We're, um, we're just rolling with it. Uh, before I give my recommendation, I want to say um, this beer has been a lot of pop culture references. I mean, this beer was was launched in 1985. So a lot of movies in like the 80s and 90s really kind of featured this beer. And it'll have a lot of really like outstanding, you know, signatory moments, like something like in Blue Velvet, where he's like, fuck that shit, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Like that's like a really like iconic scene. Or some of these other beers have their own moments. This beer, not so much, but it's been a lot of stuff. It was, you know, if you've ever watched Office Space when they're at the, at the, the, the party, and he's like, you know, show my O face. Oh, oh, oh. The, the beer they're drinking there is, is Miller Genuine Draft. Um, you can see um, the dude and Walter drinking a MGD and the Big Lebowski. Um, in Groundhog Day, there's a scene where they drink this beer. Um, this beer's been a lot of just like media and even kind of media referencing the 80s, like in, um, in um, the show Barrier and other kind of media um, from that time, um, you see kind of references to this beer. I feel like it's kind of pushed there, kind of like a product placement thing. It's like, let's have all the cast of characters uh, drinking an MGD. And you know what's funny? This is completely off topic, but I was watching uh, this this holiday season. I was watching um, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. And there's a scene where they go to get beer. And in the background, there's a scene where they're just out in like the city. In the background, it zooms out and you see the beer store. Yeah, for those of you in Ontario, the beer store. So I was like, oh. I don't know why that came to my head, but I was just talking about uh, uh, movies. Uh, I'm getting off topic. What do they recommend? Wow, I'm going to give it a, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's, again, it's very recommendable. Um, I, I don't know if um, it's kind of as recommendable as Rainier Lone Star. I think Rainier Lone Star have a lot more interesting history. The beers themselves are a little bit more lighter and drinkable. And, and I find Miller Genuine Draft in some aspects I would probably more recommend like a Miller High Life or maybe even like a Miller Light, depending. Um, I yeah. would probably have those below those. So I'm going to give it a seven. But that being said, um, I, I think it's fine. Like, I think it's good. It's a safe bet. Yeah, it is a safe yeah. bet. Um, on that note, no recommendation, or sorry, no modifier for me. I just like, I, I don't really think this one is worthy of a modifier. Neither am I. I'm not going to give it the modifier. No, uh, no modifier for me too. This is the first episode in a while where I haven't given a modifier. So yeah, nothing for me. Nice. All right. Well, I'm going to um, just kill some time. The analytics department, aka me, this episode is going to be uh, crunching away, getting the numbers, the figures um, generated. Uh, <laughs> I'm literally just typing shit up as I as I'm typing this out. Um, why don't you guys talk about stuff? What what's going on with you? Well, I mean, I'm in Edmonton, which is kind of a weird thing for me. I mean, if anyone knows me, they'd realize that Edmonton is not my thing. I take pride in uh, telling people that Edmonton is not the city of champions. They actually took that off the sign when you come into town. And it just says Alberta's capital city. It says a fact. It doesn't say that they're the city of champions anymore. Just the fact that they're the capital city. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I truly enjoy a lot of these beers. I think they're excellent. There's there's uh there's definitely like um, room for this in terms of going to restaurants, patios, camping, all that stuff. Um, very safe bets, good loggers. Um, 
these are kind of the beers that like, if you did want to kind of sit around all day with your friends, it's much better than having a sour or a stout or anything like that. And, uh, or like a triple IPA. Yeah, exactly. Or a meat <laughs> Um, just very, very, um, very good beers. Um, I mean, we, we write them, we don't judge them. So, um, yeah, we're all, we're all over the map in terms of price, quality, availability. And um, I think we just, we chose three great ones to review today. Um, and I hope people can try them too. I want to say, of course, while I'm, uh, while I'm calculating this, I just want to say, of course, as always, um, you know, drink responsibly. I would say, especially for these beers, because like, I think a lot of these beers are, are ones that are depicted in media or just kind of the way they're presented as like a, a beer yet. You drink at home a lot of like, especially with a like Rainier and Lone Star, their market is like a, a mass consuming beer. Uh, but that's being said, we don't, we don't condone binge drinking, but we're, we'd be down to just pretend like it doesn't exist. Obviously some of those people out there are, are going to uh, consume quite a lot of it. So just please just be responsible and um, know your limits. Of course, as limit. we say, yeah, just know your limit. And of course um, be safe and don't operate any heavy machinery don't drive a, a snowmobile, any sort of stuff like that. All right. The analytics department is done. Do we want to talk about, do you want to hear the scores? Do you want to hear how things shaked up? Um, I will say it's been a kind of an interesting episode because I feel like we all kind of were, these were both all kind of close beers and there, there were kind of a little bit of small variations between them all. Um, otherwise, let's just talk about the scores. Okay, starting from the top, Rainier, the beer of the Northwest, the beer of Seattle. Uh, myself, John, I gave it a 6.8, which I'm like, I think it's fine. Uh, Tom, you gave it a 7.0. Alex gave it a 7.5, and the aggregate score is 7.1. I think oh, nice. I think that's a fair score. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fine. Like, it's kind of right in the middle of seven. It's like a B. I think it's good. Um, Lone Star, John, I gave it a 7.0. Tom gave it a 7.6. And Alex also gave it a 7.6. So it comes to a 7.4. Mm-hmm. Mm. And MGD, I gave it a 7.0, same as the Lone Star. Tom gave it an 8.2. And <laughs> Alex gave it a 7.3, which brings it to 7.5. I feel like I really bumped up that score. <laughs> so out of all the beers, MGD sits the top just by a hair of 7.5. Lone Star is 7.4. And Rainier 7.1. I mean, I, I personally kind of liked Lone Star more. But yeah. I kind of felt these were all kind of the same. And I think, you know, you wouldn't be wrong if you liked MGD a little bit more, to be honest. What do you guys think? Well, I kind of agree because... For people who don't have Lone Star in their local area, they'd lean towards a, an MGD anyway. I mean, these are all very similar beers. So, um, yeah. no, I, I think that's fair. Like, the Lone Star, um, we had to get to John because he doesn't have access to it. So, like, Unless I, you live in, like, northwest Ontario, which apparently it's... Yeah, so, I mean, like, I think it makes sense. <laughs> like, you can get MGD, like, very available. So, um, yeah, I agree. All good for me. What do you think, Tom? What are you? What are your final takes? Um, again, like these are all very similar, but I don't know. I I, I rated MGD kind of higher than usual, only because of like accessibility. I think that's something you can get anywhere. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, here. Yeah, it's not like a region locked beer. It's it's pretty much anywhere on this continent you can get MGD. Yeah, absolutely. 
I do think you have to consider cost. Like I think I, I didn't like look up a receipt, but I imagine like MGD, it's kind of presented and marketed as like a very classy higher end beer. Um, yeah, but I think you, you, yeah, yeah, you might like, you might like Lone Star and Rainier. They're kind of more marketed as like a budget cheapo beer, uh, but taste wise, you might find that they're not really that much, much of a difference. I mean, there's obviously like, you know, minute differences between them, but otherwise, you know, if the cost is in play, you might want to lean more on towards the Rainier Lone Star as opposed to MGD. But if not, you might like MGD a little bit more. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. All right. We're, we're coming towards the end of our episode. We already gave our uh, mentions of be safe and all that stuff. But um, anything else you want to you guys want to mention or plug before we uh, wrap up? We just have a very interesting lineup coming up. We have Seltzer Sundays coming to a return. Um, we've seen some very interesting stuff. Um, this new come out of uh, Alberta, Quebec, Ontario, and National. So we're going to have a lot of those in the lineup. We have a, uh, a cocktail lineup in terms of Caesars that we really want to introduce. Yes. And uh, we also have a, a ton of um, things kind of in the, in the queue for local breweries we want to profile. So, um, yeah, excited to keep things going. Yeah, we also have a non-alcoholic episode coming up. You know, some people, you know, they just don't drink beer with alcohol in them for, for a myriad of reasons. So we're going to be doing an episode with non-alcoholic beers, kind of the really big uh, popular ones here in Canada and, and in North America. And actually, I have a few at home that I'm going to probably do my own little solo episode on because my co-hosts aren't super keen on me shipping out tons of non-alcoholic beer. So I have a few at home that I've actually had some of them up and I actually really they, I, I find them enjoyable so I'm probably going to do like a little special uh, bonus I, I called it cold shots in honor of like bud cold shots so it might be like a little quick I don't know 15 20 minute episode where I just drink it and, and kind of let you know how I feel about it and if you're interested you know listen to it if not just skip it but um, that's going to be coming up as well too anything else for you Tom not really I'm looking forward to that because I think each of us are going to do our own rendition of like a like a story episode yeah we're all yeah. gonna have our own thing it's coming so um yeah cold cool. shots John edition Alex edition and Tom edition sweet sweet all right we're at the end thank you so much for listening as always if you're an iPhone please of course if you're on an Apple podcast give us five stars give us a review i looked at the numbers i looked at the details and there's quite a few of you listening on apple we do have i think as of this episode about nine reviews but my understanding is that there's about a few more of you for sure that i can confirm um solidly that are listening on iphone so if you're listening please like give us like a five stars let us know um what you think about us and all that stuff and and we just want to like connect with you uh, we're at episode 15. It's like kind of like a minor milestone. We're not at like episode like 50 or 100, but uh, we've really enjoyed this so far and we'd love to hear more uh, your thoughts on our podcast. So um, from those of us here at DPO, we say adieu. Um, take care, everyone. You stay classy. Yeah, you stay classy now. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to our episode of Domestic Pines Only. Um, our intro and outro song is by Daisy May. The song is titled Drink Beer Till the Day That I Die. You can find them at www.daisymay.com. Our artwork is by Natalie Rive. Um, you can find her artwork on Instagram at Natalie Rive Artist or on our website, www.daisymay.com. 
natalierene.com. That's R-I-D-E-T. And you can also find us on social media. Uh, our, our Twitter account is at Domestic Pilots, and our Instagram and TikTok is at Domestic Pilots Only. And of course, our email is domesticpintsonly at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hiding out,